Hi everyone, and welcome to welcome to another episode of Cosmos with Cosmos. As always, I'm Mike. I'm Liz. I'm Brandon. We have to have Brandon in the house this time. Hey. <laughs> but not next time. So, you know, and enjoy it while you can. Today, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about? We're talking about ISS. Yeah. yeah. Space Station. Yes, the International Space Station. What's it doing? What's it about? Will it last forever? What's going on? How do you poop in space? Yes, I have um, just questions. That's all I came up with. It's just questions. And, um, and me and Liz will be the uh, It'll be Brandon. Space Brandon's Station the experts. Brandon's the fancy ISS man. What was the one that I... Oh, going to the bathroom. I was like, that's the one you have to answer. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about going to the bathroom. You get the bathroom. <laughs> All right, very good. All right, so uh, before we get started with um, with our space station, uh, what's everybody drinking? Ah, uh, I am drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking. So for those of you on the podcast, uh, Liz <laughs> has a very fancy sippy cup. <laughs> and she pushed a button. And it just slowly They're... opened up like it's some kind of spacecraft. Uh-huh, it looks uh-huh. really cool, My actually. mom got these for us for Christmas, so thanks, Mom. We're using them. But it's um, July. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, we had stuff in it before, though. Uh, I am drinking the uh, water recovery system, because we're on the ISS. I forgot what I named it. I'm really glad that you put it in the notes, uh-huh. because um, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to worry about I know, names. I know. It's basically uh, lemonade. And black cherries and vodka, okay. uh, cherry vodka, cherry vodka, cherry blended vodka. together in a slushy mixture of deliciousness. Very cool. Is it slushy enough? Yeah, it barely comes out of this tiny little space hole. <laughs> well, you might. <laughs> Very excellent, muchacho. <laughs> Rochacho, sorry. All right, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, gyroscopic reactionary wheel. Hey! Hey! You, you did change the I did. I got a big old ice ball in there that reminded me of a reactionary wheel because that's how they kind of angle themselves on the space station, which that's we can a, talk about. That's the clear one, too, isn't mm-hmm. it? All right. Very good. Um, and I am... Oh, do I need to say what my drink is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, tequila, mezcal, some bitters, and a bit of orange juice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I am drinking... It's not International Space Station name related i know i know but i saw this i saw it with my dad we went outside we looked up there it was mine is called um skylab skylab oh skylab that's really cool that's very spectation related well yeah but i mean it's not iss it it is it's like uh um it was our first uh space station right for the u.s and you saw it uh, yeah, and I saw it. What's in your drink? You're, you've been forgetting to tell them what's in your drink recently. What in my what's in my drink is um, I'm gonna be dead by the end of this. Um, we have 30 shots, and in here in my Skylab, um, I have vodka, I have rum, I have tequila, I have gin, triple sec. Oh my God! And um, lemon juice. And, uh, you know, top it off with some Coke. So this is uh, Mike's last show on Cosmos Cosmos. <laughs> Good thing you ate a lot that. more than we did before the show. I told you guys to eat. We had a banana. We had some chips. I actually... Some cashews. I actually might be okay 
you guys might be messed well, up. That's right. We'll, we'll find out. We the and because even before we start more, we do have <laughs> 30 oh, shots yeah. to get through. Uh, and to be fair to those on the podcast, uh, these are jealous shots. Because you can't just take regular shots on the space station. We're assuming. It's going to be jellified. <laughs> People are thinking we're throwing dice. Is that what they're for? All right. But before we have this, though, shout out um, to Katie having RGB-themed beer. Yes. To RGB... And the three remaining and justices. God, we Women fucking need you. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. How do you do this? I'm a crew mark. It's mm-hmm. like, wait. I'm repeating for this. Not jello. Not jello. It's like mm-hmm. when people are feeding penguins in a bucket and the penguins just go to town. <laughs> That's what it reminds us of, right? About the video. Meanwhile, yeah. all of us in this room are over 35. No, 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Meanwhile, we have 27 more of these to when go. When did that happen? <laughs> oh, hey, you want to put that we'll over? Yes. I hope uh, so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway. <coughs> Sorry. Apologize. All right, so follow us in all the things, all the social media things, Twitter with okay. Drinking Cosmos. Um, in, Instagram, Insta. Insta? Oh, yeah, the kids just call it Insta these days. Insta. Or the gram. Or the gram? The gram. I mean, Mike with his coke, and now we're getting the gram, so it makes sense. <laughs> um, that is uh, basically everything else is Cosmos for Cosmos. Yeah. Um, so follow us on all the things, rate us on all the things, like us, tell your neighbors, tell your friends, um, do, uh, tell your conservative friends because they need some education, uh, and maybe we can, we can change their change their minds on yeah, things. Yeah, listen to our bleeding heart liberal soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I want to get a soapbox. No, like a literal soapbox. Yeah. I want to get one. Do they make those anymore? I'll just yeah, get a box sure with like soap on it. Uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to join us for the hangover after after our uh, main podcast. And um, yeah. Also, um, if you are on Etsy, um, check out Wild Ixia. Um, uh, Katie stuff, really cool stuff. I was the first one to buy stuff, and, and I'm going to mention that every single time. Link in the description, Wild Ixia, Wild IXIA. Check it out. You can also check out Ron Proctor's stuff uh, on YouTube, and just uh, search for him. He he has a lot of great educational stuff. Link also in the description. And he did our music for hey. The Hangover. Uh-huh. So, uh, also, every other Wednesday... Um, it's coming up in a week and a half, right? Shots, this is shots, the shots, shots, shots. Little, little, um, little tiny drink portions of shot size, cosmo- shots of cosmos with cosmos. Goodness. I think they shot size versions of shots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just had one come out uh, about a Holocaust survivor. Oh, uh, that Brandon did. That's a really good one. And uh, next Wednesday we have uh, a fun little bear story. That'll be out. You're just spoiling this, aren't you? Well, you know, I mean, it's hey, we got to make some more though. We Actually, gotta make no, some wait. Jo- maybe Jocelyn Burnell Bell is next. I don't remember. All right. Anyway, it's we'll find out. We'll find out when we can have. Um, also, always as rules, any kind of uh, puppy bark, um, please uh, take a take a drink. And any Star Wars reference, and any Lord of the Rings reference, and I'm looking at you. Um, take a drink. You're the one who did the Lord of the Rings reference. Like quicker than we will. I'm not going to say anything, otherwise it would be a Lord of the Rings reference. So. 
I'll avoid that situation. All right, so let's let's just kind of uh, hop, uh, hop into it. So, like I said, I'll be asking a lot of questions today. You guys will be answering those questions, educating the world. No, I yes, I will be talking, and then I'll be asking the questions. So, quest first question, throw it out to anybody. What is ISS? Uh, intrepid spacey sciencer. Nice. All right. Let's go to the next. Oh, that's quick, not it. Quick, no, I buzzed in. Okay. All right. We're in jeopardy with these questions. Brandon. What so is? I'm buzzing. Uh, what is the International Space Station? All right. Yes, you are right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the International Space Station is, of course, our outpost in low orbit in outer space. Um, it is roughly the size of a football field, NASA likes to that's say. That's right. I and they always like to remind us on Twitter during the Super Bowl. That's like the only thing they put out every year is here is the giant space station and right behind it is an overlay of a football of field. A football mm. field. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like a meme at this point with, with NASA folk. Uh, but it is yeah, 234 um, feet um, width and obviously over 100 yards across and it weighs over 980,000 pounds of mass. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's structured in such a way, which we'll go over this later, that it cannot be built on Earth. Uh, because it's a microgravity, so it doesn't have gravity oh, forces constantly wow. around it. Um, if you brought it down to Earth with its gravity, the thing would just fall apart. Okay, I never thought about that before. Just the weight of it and that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's why okay. in Star Trek One, the motion picture, they're rebuilding the Enterprise in space because you can't actually you build, can't it build it. Build it on. on Earth. All right, gravity's a hindrance. Right. I think we need. To, uh, all right. I don't. I don't have it in this, but I do think that we need to talk about gravity. Because the International uh, Space Station, movie? no, the International Space Station. Oh God, but that would apply. The, um, <laughs> the International Space Station feels gravity. Yes. And so the gravity that it feels is about ninety percent of what we feel. Yeah. Here, so it is actually experiencing gravity, right, and that's why the keyword is microgravity. Right. And so, but it is in free fall, mm -hmm. and so um, that free fallness is what allows the astronauts um, to, to float, quote-unquote, weightless uh, up in, uh, in, yeah. in the space station. Now, if it's a free fall, why, why doesn't it hit the Earth? Because it's going just fast enough it misses it. Exactly. It's like, whoa, there, oh, no, yeah. oh, no. So not only is it falling straight down due to gravity, it also has a... Um, a, a speed to the side, mm -hmm. um, and um, the Earth curves underneath it, and, and it so that it. speed is um, what is it like seventeen seventeen thousand four hundred miles yeah. an hour, roughly. Yeah, yeah, and so um, Earth's pulling on it, uh -huh. but the space station uh, moves a little bit to the side and misses the Earth, and, and so we, it completely it's, it's always falling. Good thing the Earth's not flat. Hey. And I do want to get back to the basis of ISS and what it is, things like okay. that. But since we're on this topic of it's missing the Earth, uh, the Earth has lots of atmosphere as well. It mm -hmm. extends well beyond just the clouds in our sky. Uh, so there is some atmospheric drag to the International Space Station, amongst some other tidal mm -hmm. forces, things like that, mm -hmm. between and, things. and it's bringing the ISS down. Um, mm -hmm. It could be anywhere from about 1.8 meters a month to 100 meters a year coming down uh so you have some boosters on the iss that were thrusted up once in a while okay, so that way, a little bit of yeah, that way the drag doesn't off. constantly bring it down and right, destroy the space right. station we don't want that no how high up is international space station it's already working just say iss how 
High up is ISS. I think it's around 241 miles. So it's really not that high up. Like, he can make that drive in the day easy. Um, the ISS, uh, Frederico says, ISS is the human worst arrow in space, missing a huge target since, since uh, decades. The it's, ISS the the bright side. Hey, that's a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're drinking, I'm going to do a little, just a little shot, buddy. Oh, God. Well, I forgot cool. how big these are. Yeah, just I, like a space station. I made them too big, but that's all right. Mm -hmm. All right, what do you want to say about it? Anything you want to say about well, it? She has jello now. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> all right, so yes, the ISS stays in constant orbit around 241-ish miles above the Earth. Um, and I'm going to go back to yes. uh, what is the space station exactly? Yeah. Why I mean, is it up is there? It? What's going on? Um, so it is again our outpost in outer space, and what it was to do an immense amount of experiments in the space station that we otherwise could not do on Earth thanks to that microgravity. And uh, we'll go into that later. Mm -hmm. And we're mm -hmm. also learning quite a bit about the human body in space. Yes, yeah, because it's completely yeah. different conditions than what we're used to. So there's going to be some some effects that if we're going to go actually physically explore out in space ourselves, like mm -hmm. to Mars, then we need to know kind of well. Can we physically? Yeah, because you're gonna that? be you have a, your one way trip to Mars is nine months. Yeah, and so that's that's a long time. So it's one baby. Um, do your nine. Do your nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did we launch it? I mean, it's, it's it hasn't been up there forever. So, so the, well, and it's just parts that have been launched up, right and assembled in space. So it's like a giant bad. Lego set. Uh, so the okay. first parts of the ISS was launched uh, November nineteen ninety eight. Um, it was a Built in Russia, but paid for by Americans, so technically it's an American segment. Uh, it's called the um, FGB. I forget exactly what that stands for, uh, but that was used to basically power the space station originally, and today it's still used mostly for storage. Hmm, 1998? 98. That really doesn't seem like that long ago. Long no, because the space station Mir, the Russian spacecraft, was still a space station, was still in orbit at that time, technically. Uh, so they did have some overlap between the two space stations. Um, how long did Skylab last? Uh, about less than a year. It went from 72 to 73. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Inhabited. Sorry, inhabited 72 to 73, but it deorbited in 79. Yeah, because uh, I was about ready to say. Okay. <laughs> well, actually. I wasn't, and, and for those out there, Skylab is like the precursor to... Okay, it's yes. like the first kind of space station. It's the, so it's the first, first American, American space station. Okay, okay. We had the Soviet One, which was a military operation for the Soviet Union in um, 71, I believe, just the year before Skylab. Okay. And the Soviets had a number of uh, space stations as well. Really cramped things, mostly for military operations, and until they figured out, okay. until they figured out, well, having people take pictures is really inefficient. You can just do that with satellites. Uh, That's and, fair. Yeah. <laughs> and so they eventually came out with Mir, for example. And Soviet Low, I think it was, uh, just to have uh, quote unquote civilian space stations, which they were still military people up there. Yeah. Uh, but in the mirror, that's when they finally accepted American astronauts to come to their space station as well. Uh, so I guess that was technically, well, sorry, that was the second international space station, technically, because the first one was the Apollo Soyuz program um, in the 70s, early 70s as well. That's when you had when the Apollo capsules linked up with the Soyuz for the oh, Soviet okay. Union. And that was the first time these two. Um, space-faring nations actually work together in space, really, was linking those up. We can all get along in space. All right, that, that raises a question I have further down um, in my, in my yeah. list, oh, too. you want to do it now, or you want to... Yeah, Go I mean, because I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, this is more of a guideline. Yeah. No, because we've already it's jumped. Guideline. It's always guidelines. Um, okay, so, as we all know, um, Russia has decided to invade one of his neighbors. Um, <sighs> Why did that ruin the party, Russia? Uh, Ukraine. So that conflict is going on now mm-hmm. for, for a few months now, four months, four and a half months. And um, so if you have the International Space Station that has uh, Russian astronauts on it, American astronauts. All made in Thailand. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> That's just a reference. <laughs> um, and, you know, Japanese, all, mm-hmm. all these. Mm-hmm. How do they handle... Those type of international conflicts. Earthbound international conflicts. So the astronauts on the space station are very professional about this. Of course, Mm -hmm. they'll have personal conversations and you know get each other's perspectives and things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, But they're still going to work together in space because they depend on each other for everything. So they absolutely have to work together uh, from the professional standpoint. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, geopolitics here down on Earth can be anything else. Um, For example, uh, the head of Roscosmos, Dmitry Roganov, who is a crazy individual and also has Twitter, like a lot of crazy people do. Okay. Um, he kept tweeting out after the Ukraine invasion began uh, that they're going to either deorbit the space station because they have thrusters on one of their segments that can bring it down, or we're just going to take our part of the space station and leave you guys. Um, they're not, they can't, but they won't. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to take their toys and go home. That's exa- that's, that, that was the, what they were threatening to do. Uh, so geopolitics aside, the people actually up in space, or the people actually in charge of yeah. ground control, they're professionals, they do right, the job. Right, right. Uh, so they've never actually impacted relations on the okay, International okay. Space Station. Okay. Um, even when we have international partners up there, it's not just U.S. and Russia. Japan. Uh, Japan, we have Canada. New Zealand? Do, do I have, is there Has a, a Kiwi? New Zealand Kiwi up there? Oh, yeah. New Zealand, New Zealand Kiwi. 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 Much different than the Belgian Kiwis. A Kiwi not? Oh, wow, that's good. That's good. I, I'm going to we got to find this out. <laughs> uh, but many nations of the um, Euro- European Space Agency ha- have gone up. Um, every Almost every country's gone up. Oh, not every country, but 250-some-odd people gone up there from many different countries. Wow. I was, I was going to ask. So there's, yeah, so there's a lot of international perspectives up there. Yeah. And, it, and international conflicts on Earth has never gotten in the way of partnerships in space. Who is the... Well, except for China. That's a good uh, story. Well, uh... China. Uh, but who did the quote on, like, you know, that they wish that, that, that senator, like, U.S. senators could go to space because and see how the Earth doesn't have borders and just that see was, that. was, I believe, Edgar Mitchell from Apollo 14, who said, you know, I wish I could take the politicians up, yeah, I'd scrub yeah, the necks and yeah. say, look at this, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple politicians in space as well, um, like... John um, Glenn was up there. John Glenn was in space. That was after he was a senator. Uh, but he became, at the time, the oldest person in space. Uh, he took the shuttle in the late 90s, mm-hmm. I want to say. So did current NASA administrator, how am I blanking on his name? Florida, uh, former senator from Florida, Bill. Oh, my God. How do I know this? I don't know. Wow, this hurts. Anyway, he went <laughs> up to space. Uh, but a lot of people are kind of upset with that because he really used political leverage to get himself into space because he really wanted to do it. Which, to be fair... The, if the I was senator, I know I can't believe I blanked on the name of the NASA administrator. Uh, Bolden. No, that's no. A Charlie Bolden, former NASA administrator. Okay. Great guy, um, Jim Bridenstine, and so needless to say, when people go up there, they're fundamentally changed. I mean, just uh, literally, physically, physically, and oh, yes. 
just in, in the way that they, they see the world. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, I forget who, I forget which astronaut said this, but it was in the 60s. You know, you need to get your notes together. You're forgetting names all over the place. <laughs> you just brought, I'm just going, I'm freewheeling here. And it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. And he says, after he gets to the front side of the thing, he goes, my God, it's full of stars. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Oh, man. What an experience. But I mean, like, you go up to the ISS, and so it's basically, it's basically a big laboratory, laboratory yeah, in you, space. Like you're not, the purpose yeah, you're of not it is to perform to, experiments yeah. and to kind of... Yeah, you're not there to relax. No. Um, you're, so you're, you're working. working. You're working really hard. Um, and of course, uh, Christop- yes, uh, so in the comments here, uh, uh, we have somebody mentioning Samantha Cristoforetti, who's a fantastic astronaut. She's fantastic. Uh, and she missed to be the ISIS commander almost to delays caused by Russian invasion. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, because right now... So she almost um, missed her shot of going up. Yeah, because we have a couple ways to get to the space station, but for the last 10 years, up until recently, it was just the Soyuz uh, launching in Bakanor uh, yeah. thanks to Russia. And so, yeah, that would definitely cause some delays with the invasion. So that's another reason why it's important to have more than one way to get people exactly. to and from exactly. the space station. Uh, so right now it's just SpaceX... Uh, in December, roughly, it looks like it'll be Boeing as well. So multiple ways to get mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. New Zealand has launched a rocket. That's right. Uh, was it a sounding rocket or was it a full orbital rocket? I think it's full orbital. Excellent. So, Good job, Cubanauts. Uh, yeah, because they have Rocket Lab down there is based partly in uh, New Zealand. They have a launch base down there, too. Imagine, like, hobbits in, in astronaut gear. It's adorable. Like little top hats and monocles. Little top hats and monocles. <laughs> What are some of the, uh, does it work? Oh, it's, it's, the, oh, it's you're too slushy. <coughs> I gotta you expose said... it. I gotta expose it to the microgravity. All right, let it be known I was told. I, I It was requested for it to be slushy. Slutty drink. <laughs> and and now it's too slushy? Well, it's just that, that the, the hole in our fancy yeah. space cups are is really tiny. Um. All right, so basically we've been up there. Um, this, the International Space Station has been up there since 1998, however, it's been, it, it's only been occupied for what, 21 years? Uh, since point? the year 2000. Yeah, so, um, 2000. Wow. Yeah, so, 21 years. So there are, there are many people alive today that have never known space without people in it. Oh, so they have know. never known the planet that has every human being alive on it. Yeah. Back to the question. So it's been up there for twenty one years. Well, occupied, occupied, occupied for twenty one years, which means that we've been doing experiments for roughly twenty one, twenty twenty years, we'll say. Um, And um, what are some of the discoveries that they have found up there that could not be found here on the ground? Uh, So I mean. Just by itself, again, being a floating laboratory, its job is to output science and research. So mm-hmm. it has published over 2,600 articles in over 700 journals of science. Wow. So that alone is incredible. Uh, and, and they've done everything from working on neurodegenerative diseases, Alzheimer's, because you, you can grow certain cells in space that Earth has an extremely difficult time growing, again, because of microgravity. Oh, wow. So okay. we're able to grow the cell clusters to study Alzheimer's, study certain cancers and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so it's made a big leap in bio... Uh, biomedical um and of course human body itself is in, in space is a big one um it can detect obviously lots of experiments outside of the space station attached to it itself 
that can pick up neutrinos, for example, do neutrino experiments or have big uh, discoveries with uh, neutron stars. Uh, so it's a little bit of human biology, a little bit of cosmos, because it's all related anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, how, how, uh, how do we know, like, how many uh, animals, insects, etc., have they taken to the ISS or, or so that are maybe currently on the ISS? 42 animal units. units. <laughs> 42 animal units. Uh, so back in the two th- early 2000s, uh, NASA was interested in putting animals up there, not just spiders or ants or things like that, but can we have po- spiders sorry, in a sidebar? Spiders on the ISS, trapped on a tin can in orbit around the Earth with spiders. I've had it with these motherfucking Fucking spiders, spiders on this motherfucking, motherfucking space station. station. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but yes, uh, the um, they grow webs very strangely, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. like gravity. Uh, but in the early 2000s, NASA was interested in putting animals up there, so they put out a call for veterinarians to go to space. And the veterinarian applied and went to space, but they didn't put animals in space. So now he just got up to space because he was afraid. Hey, well, yeah. you know. Veterinarian. Wait, didn't he come to the veterinarian? Was the veterinarian? It, was that Mike Massimo? No, no, no. No, uh, you're, uh, you're thinking of a different topic. We had a veterinarian astronaut come to the planetarium to talk. He was, Is it I Butch? remember him being a veterinarian. Is it Butch? Is it Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I need to find out now. Can you imagine? I have a fun story for that after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine your little mouse? Enjoying your little mouse life, eat, eating your cheese, running the maze. They put you in a box, and you go up into space, and then you're just floating around. And then you around. just don't know what's up, and you know, you're just like... All you're doing is floating around, and you have no no sense of really up, down. And that, that's not the, the worst part. Is I'm hanging out in a nice little cage, eating my food, and then you fucking launch on the rocket. Yeah, the G-forces <laughs> yeah. that then you're feeling... Oh, but I, but I, oh, okay, maybe I'm thinking about the shuttle, but I, I, I heard that, like, the shuttle liftoff was pretty, pretty tame. A uh, resident shuttle expert? Yeah. Um, it, but, but they were comparing it to the Saturn V. There it is. Yeah, because so, the Saturn V just kicked the ass. The shuttle compared oh, to Saturn V, oh. much more reasonable. Okay. Mm-hmm. G-forces. I mean, you're still shaking. It's a right? child's toy. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Um, just a sidebar, just to make it known, uh, Jack's home, he got red raspberry and blueberry infused iced ice tea, which sounds really good. Oh my good. goodness. Uh, yeah. All right, so, but if you wanted to go out and look at it, I know, then I know this is much higher up, but there is a way that you... It's uh, 240 miles up. It is 240 <laughs> miles up. But if you wanted to go out into your backyard and look at it, mm-hmm. um, what's the website again? Spotthestation.com. Spotthestation. Um... And all you'll have to do is just put in your location, and it will it will tell you when when uh, when it's going to be up, how high up it's going to be um, it, on your horizon, the direction the direction that it's going to be traveling. Yeah, because we've used that. Because when I remember when, yeah. when we were in Phoenix, there were a couple times when the ISS was going overhead until we went out. There it is, and it was just and like a bright like. Basically, it looked like Venus. It was just a yeah. bright star. Just it could going, be whoop. the second brightest thing in the sky after, I guess, the third after the sun and the moon. And the moon, yeah. So, um, spot the station, go to it, um, and uh, and you'll be able to see it. What? Uh, Jack's comment. 
mice battles are different, so in zero G they would be little poop powered rockets. Oh my goodness. Imagine little um, just mice just speaking speak, speaking of poop, we're gonna go into this. Liz will take it from here in a moment. Uh, oh, but sorry. once you get into space, uh, it's just because the gravity is different, your body reacts, the water doesn't naturally go down in that case. Uh, typically, within the first two hours of being in space, you have to use the restroom. So when the shuttle launched, the bathrooms were one of the first things powered on. Well, I would assume so. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I got there, they're like, I gotta go. I don't, I don't know what happened here. As soon as the rocket, uh, you know, the That's rocket. Well, I don't have. Uh, I don't want to go anymore because I just. Yeah. As soon as I launch. was strapped in in the yeah. suit and knew I couldn't get out of it, I'd be like, "Oh no, now I gotta." No, what I mean, what it is is like, "Oh my god, now I gotta pee. I gotta pee, um, Dad. I gotta pee. You gotta pull over. I gotta pee. You can't do it. You can't do, do it. it. Here's a bottle. Here's a cup. The next rest stop is two hundred fifty thousand miles away. <laughs> Hold it. Yeah, don't make me turn this shuttle around. Oh, but, so there's there's another story. I forget which uh, Apollo mission it was, uh, but I think it was Apollo 9, something like that. Um, suddenly, mission control just hears laughter and goes, what is that? It's floating. Somebody had taken a crap and not collected it as a joke and let it fly through the cabin. Oh. That, oh. Oh. Yeah. That seems just, yeah, that seems on brand yeah. for something, at least once for our species to do. For the 60s Especially the male, yeah, the male species it. to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, Katie asked, have we talked about where the poop goes? No, all right, well, here's the thing. Back to Earth. Based on that. I guess it just shits on the Earth just constantly. It would be funny. It's just raining <laughs> Well, fun fact, uh, the Mir Space Station did just that. It, eje oh, it ejected, ejected the, the ejecta out in space. And sp Space Station doesn't really do that. Well, that's so, good. why don't you tell us about it? Well, I don't know anything about where the poop goes. But Talk to us we're about watching, this shitty we're, <laughs> we're watching this video. I told you you got you gotta talk about it. I know. Uh, uh, earlier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Watch if you're listening on the podcast. Watch the YouTube version. Oh, you won't see the comments anywhere in that. So never mind. Anyway. Listen. Uh, okay. Later. So I will. Um, <laughs> so we're watching. Uh, just a, a just a little video of a former astronaut uh, just kind of giving a tour of Sunny the Williams. ISS, and uh, they showed the bathroom. And just it, it's they have a little crescent moon on it, like a you know outhouse, outhouse um, at least old outhouses from the America here, the old west. And it was just like a closet that you go into, and there's just like stuff everywhere. And then you have this tiny little box that when you open it has a hole and that's for number twos um and there's no toilet seat to sit on um it, there wasn't really like a thing where you no it's it's, it's it's nicely angled with handles and things yeah you got hand, you got it but you still have to kind of aim it's not a very big oh, yeah, no. spot you kind of got to be ready to go and aim appropriately and then Attach the wall. There's this long tube with a yellow funnel. What's that for? At the end of it, and that's for, and it's yellow, so that's for your pee. Oh, so that's for number one, which seems a lot easier, obviously, uh, if you're not a woman, uh, because it, also small. It's like as a woman peeing in a cup is not. I now, mean, now do you just pee in this cup and it stays there, or what happens? What's going what on? I really love about all this? Down. Is Liz is actually showing. I'm, it's below the camera, but it's below the camera. She is demonstrating <laughs> the placement I mean, it's of difficult, this. But luckily, they have like a variety of different wipes and stuff, and Disin gloves. They have disinfectant wipes and on the wall because apparently it can get messy. Well, yeah, and also you know whatever 
toilet paper is floats your boat. They got yeah, they got rough ones, they got soft ones, they got wet ones, they got dry ones. Yeah. Uh and and so uh then the pee the pee though, they keep that and it goes into a water filtration system to what? replenish all more pee. So the astronauts have uh, water. Yeah. And um that then yes becomes more pee. It's just now, that cycle. Now, now, now at this water, point, uh, all this this waste of fecal matter, if you will, goes in bags. It goes in bags, and typically go to a, a spacecraft that then deorbited, uh, but they don't land on Earth. These are the ones that will uh, burn up in the atmosphere. So we do then rain, we rain crap over the world. <laughs> just, just. How, bags wait, wait, wait. of flaming poop. How, how would you like that? Bags in space of flaming poop on think, our doorstep. And think, I just crapped over Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going so fast that it... Uh, it and it would be over the ocean as well. Yeah. So just the fishies oh in the God, deep blue sea. A UTI in space? Oh, no. Oh. Where are we going next? I hope they have cranberry juice up there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. Anyway. um. Well, let's go into what actually makes the poop. How do you eat? Food. Well, yeah, but all right. So, <laughs> all right. So, when, when you're in space, you obviously can't have things like peanut butter and jelly sandwich or good tacos because you're gonna bite into it and the crumbs actually PB and J pretty good. Like tacos, PB&J. then because yeah. then the crumbs will just go everywhere. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is where you're gonna store. You need the refrigerator. You need an atmosphere things like that. Mm-hmm. So most of it is just you know freeze dried. Add water. Like Add water. Put it in the microwave and out comes. You're a blob of food. Sure. Yeah, the really cool thing about the video that we saw with the astronaut was, I mean, they're, they they have, like, Russian food mm-hmm. and some Japanese, Japanese food. And they have food from all the Yeah, areas. and it's just all in this little galley kind of place. And, uh-huh, in bags. In bags. And your, your taste buds do change in space, so a very, very popular item in space is hot sauce, so you can taste it. Oh, oh but don't they add, don't they, like, for the food, make it... Uh, more spicy? Yes. Yeah, so oh, oh, the yeah. ISS chefs. So you like lose. Yeah, it, it, your taste buds are A lot less of things sensitive. change in space. You have taste buds, but on occasion they will send up special supplies, you know, cakes on birthdays, uh, little oh, that's, astronauts. How, do astronauts how does a cake requests. survive? A little mushy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they they can make special requests. I think Oreos have been up there. Yeah. Or, you know, little... I'm with Jack. He wants his hot talkies. But but if it, if something does get uh, crumbly, crummy, crummy, crumbly, 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 correct, yeah, um, the the astronauts have to try to get that up right before it gets you get into the, the filtration. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's mostly cakes really moist in the first place. So it's gonna well, stick no, together. I meant like uh, just in general. Like if you have an Oreo and you take a bite out of it. Oh yeah, it's gonna go everywhere. Yeah, so and, and then the whole thing, and then those crumbs can get places, and astronauts to go clean things up and take it apart. Mm-hmm. A, a big chunk of their day is actually just maintenance and cleaning up, because uh, if the little gunk builds up certain places, it's gonna clog up systems, yeah, clog I up filtration. Like, like yeah, the maintenance of the ISS. Oh yeah, is just a, it takes up a huge portion of the astronauts' right? day. Right, just so ugh. I am willing to just go up and just be maintenance for the International Space Station. I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I can you do get that. the view, you get the float yeah. around. You I'll, I'll work 12 hour days just cleaning up. Yeah, next, just take a little dustbuster and just. just next like, Cosmos for Cosmos for my SS. All right. If you bring the dustbuster, then you got like a vacuum. A vacuum. <laughs> you just blow up the universe. Vacuum inception. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, technically, though. Uh, okay. <laughs> the reality of the physics of it. All right, what we got next, Mike? All right, so um, here is here, here's a question that is real world question, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be kind of a philosophical question after that. It's two parter. Mm-hmm. So, how much does it cost to operate ISS? Per About year? two billion a year. Two oh, billion from, from, NASA, from NASA's budget. I'm sure Rose Cosmos <coughs> and ESA they contribute as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two billion a year because uh, we're not expanding anymore. We're not launching the shuttle. We're just maintaining it at this point. Um, and I think this next part of my head is going to lead into the next next question. All right. So with hunger, disease, and poverty oh, still a favorite oh, human wow. pastime, is this is the space station worth the money that we spend on? Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, station, I, I knew what the answer was going to be. If the space station is when two I, billion a year, and the military budget is like nine hundred fifty billion a year, I mean, yeah, budget. sure, I'd much rather spend money on space yeah. rather than blowing people up. How how many? Um, Forty two. Yes. Something how many units. things? How many beneficial things that we use today uh, come from? Uh, either building the ISS or experiments on the ISS or just related the space to industry. the space space exploration yeah. in general. Well, cell phones, I mean, we all have have one in our pockets, though not right now, mm-hmm. but just, you know, the communication, Velcro, you know. Tennis shoes. <laughs> uh, Earth's imagery to help with natural disasters mm-hmm. and help with climate change. Uh, and of course, helping with defending invasions—it's very mm-hmm. handy to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I I agree. I I knew I knew what the answer was going to be when when I wrote it, but it is. I, I, the thing is, that I I'm really sure there are people out there. And and this is like really the ironic part. Take this, and then I'll talk. Um, <laughs> you want to get help me? Yeah, get another one. We're just we're getting we're getting deep. Is that um you have. You, you have people who look at, at the U.S. budget and they go, oh, my God, $2 billion are spending on the International Space Station. Um, no, no, that's that's pork. That we can't have that. Um, but let's, let's increase the military budget by like a trillion dollars. Right. So so last time I was part of one of these deep conversations, uh-huh. I was very sober. Deep thoughts. I was very sober. Are you not now? Now it's my turn. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So Let it fly. when we say $2 billion just in the International Space Station spent on the ISS, it's not like we're launching this money up and exploding in space. Everything is spent here on Earth with salaries, with equipment, mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. We are expanding our economy uh, with space. It's not just being wasted. A lot of people think, well, we're just launching $13 billion well, we're just a year. pretty pictures. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, uh, when, this, when, when, this, when this airs, you'll have a week before James Webb James releases oh, first intelligence. I'm very excited about that. Anyway. Um, so the economy, it's its the money spent here on Earth, typically in this country, especially mm-hmm. with NASA. Uh, so low alone that, it's worth invigorating the economies of certain states There's and locations. There's way more return on investment. Uh, Let's see with the ROI, nice. By putting money into NASA and to, into space exploration, uh, than there is, say, the military. Yeah, so, so, military so, yeah. So, so for example, so uh, just, just this back. last week, uh, we committed $891 million to Ukraine's defense against Russia, oddly enough, a partner in space, um, and that was just a one go. So right away, there's basically half of the space station just because our partner with the space station yeah. is invading another super partner. <laughs> Come yeah. on, guys. But the ROI 
uh, that you were talking about. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, yeah, something like for every one dollar that NASA spends, we get seven dollars back. And wow. yeah. And the you know the technology and mm-hmm. um, right. the advancements and everything. And that's purely quantitative. It doesn't even begin to speculate the qualitative advantages of spending mm-hmm. in space, mm-hmm. the the inspirations of people, of kids, understanding STEM, STEAM, uh-huh. uh, being inspired. My God, that alone. Yeah. And just then becoming better humans, as the quote we mentioned earlier, you know, not seeing those borders, well, getting a new perspective of just, you know, it's like, it's like you get a, a an appreciation for being, you know, an earthling over being, mm-hmm. you know, an American And, and the space station especially, because you have, so if, if you look up pictures of the space station, you're going to see the cupola. Mm-hmm. And this is this fantastic window to the earth from 250 miles above it. Uh, where you do have that stereotypical quote of you can see the world for what it is without uh, political borders. It's mm-hmm. just a fragile ball in space. And it looks beautiful. My oh, goodness. It's, it's an alive, thriving organism. I here. love all the pictures that they take from the ISS to, and getting that perspective. And I loved when, um, uh, who, what was the, uh, what's the astronaut's name with the guitar? Chris Hadfield. Chris Hadfield. Um, from Canada. And, and he just made all these fun videos that just, yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't like like boring science talk or you know just something rote that is done as like oh you know it ropes in you know it tied in all mm-hmm. of culture uh-huh. and it made I, I don't know when you have astronauts like that it makes you know space feel more ex- uh, accessible, accessible. Yeah. you know yeah. what, what? and I think it's so important that we have people that are above the earth that are you know on something in space that are not only communicating but you know you know working up there and, and well, getting, you know, you know so yeah oh yeah no um so you, you mentioned inspiration and um which was the name of the space expedition launch for the space but continue <laughs> okay, okay um you mentioned inspiration it only takes one picture um, from the International Space Station of Earth mm-hmm. to inspire people. Mm-hmm. Just one picture. That, that, that's all you need is a picture. And just you, you see the Earth, you see the beauty of it, mm-hmm. and it inspires people uh, realizing that they live in a bigger place. It, hold on. It inspires kids to want to go to space. Uh-huh. Uh, just a week ago, um, we took part in this big um, propaganda event uh, over at the Air Force Base next next door, and the government, the Air Force, spends it's millions of dollars a year just to put on this dog and pony show. It's cool as fuck. So don't get me wrong; I, I really did enjoy um, seeing these planes, mm-hmm. but it really is a propaganda eff- effort to inspire little kids to try to become fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to go through that dog and pony show with ISS. You just take a picture from space, mm-hmm. or you have an astronaut uh, sing a David Bowie song. It was David Bowie, wasn't it? it was yeah. David Bowie. Yep. And so mm-hmm. have him sing a David Bowie song uh, as he floats through ISS, and then everybody's inspired. What are the two things that little kids love? Uh, space dinosaurs. and dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> space and dinosaurs. Um, yeah. It's only when they grow up that they go, oh, I want to fly a jet plane. I have two things. One's a comment and two comments. Uh-huh. Uh, so the next Jurassic Park should be set in space. Yes. Number one. Oh, God. Dinosaur laser fight <gasps> in space. 
on ISS. Oh my god, he has little raptors with space helmets with bow ties and monocles. Um, <laughs> and number two, uh, Federico in the comments had a great little quote here. Uh, so the Coppola, the, the view of Earth from the space station, he says, is the most scientifically useless thing, and at the same time, the most scientifically inspiring, inspiring thing on the ISS. Yeah. That's wonderful. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I would spend all my downtime. Oh, there, yeah. You know? I, would, I would just love to have a little book and have a little reading nut next oh to the space. Oh, my God. Yes. Wonderful. You can't smoke a cigar, though. That's fine. Um, oh, uh, Jack, Jack said he loved doing the Sally Ride ISSKAM project with his students. Um, they had so much fun controlling the camera on the ISS. Wow. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah like, it's, what a just. It is so much easier to inspire kids with space. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and and so Mike was talking about the inspiration it brings, and the ISS does do significant interviews with schools here on Earth. I remember mm-hmm. back in twenty thirteen, something like that. Um, I, I got to go to a school that I was having interviewing with the ISS, and the kids were asking the astronauts questions uh-huh. live, real time. And it was such a cool experience oh for them. Oh my gosh! So yeah. I, I can't imagine the value it has on those kids, even though it's only you know fifty, a hundred at a time. Yeah, yeah. But that alone is yeah, that's phenomenal. an experience that you know they'll take with them and remember. But then you know there are then a percentage of them that are like, I want to do that, or right. you know, mm-hmm. I want to, you know. And, and so yeah. of course you can't say, well, that's not worth rebuilding. But then you add yeah. everything else that the space station yeah. does—the inspiration, the science, the, yeah, the everything, tangible things, the tangible things, exactly. So, I. I think I was born loving space, and but it was I enjoyed um, thinking about Jupiter and the stars and you know those type of things. But it wasn't until uh, I was going to say ISS. It wasn't until Skylab mm-hmm. flew over my head, empty or not, and on its on its death spiral, that I was like, "Holy shit, I can go to space!" Mm-hmm. Um, and so that then wanted me to be. Uh, then I became. Then I wanted to become an astronaut until I found out that you had to basically be... I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to pilot the shuttle. I wanted to fly the damn thing. And I found out the only way you could do that really is to be a, a fighter pilot. And um, and I... Vision. Yeah, and I just... I couldn't... As much as I would love to fly one of those planes, just the fact that thinking that I am... I can push a button and it's going to kill. Now, at the same a lot time, l- later on, you don't have to be a fighter pilot to command the shuttle, uh, but to pilot the shuttle. Well, it's too late now. It's too, little, too late now. There's, there's the shuttle is grounded permanently um, until Armageddon happens. The movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah well, then <laughs> it's all hands on deck. But if we don't have Bruce Willis, come on, Chris Ferguson, let's go. Um, all right. So here's here's a question for you. Yes. Um, and actually, it's it's a few questions. All right. Can the space uh, space shuttle can't goddamn fucking drinks? Can the International Space Station last forever? No. Okay. Uh, for for many different reasons, uh, it, it's like you have a car from the nineteen sixties. You keep it yeah. in perfect working condition, mm-hmm. but those parts will fail over time. Mm-hmm. So you have to constantly replace those parts, which we are doing with the space station. But at some point, integral parts, very expensive, big parts, will start to fail. Right. And you obviously can't have a complete failure in space because bad things happen. Uh, yeah, it's a little, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very disastrous. So, so many of these parts do have firm deadlines of mm-hmm. how long they can last. Uh, now, we do a good job of replacing them. Uh, originally, I think it was thought to be deorbited in 2024 and 2026. Now it's, now it's 2031 is the firm cutoff 2031, date. 2031, okay. And NASA, and, oh, I'm going to say NASA because Rose Cosmos at this point is a hot uh, tire fire. 
so NASA wants to cut off at 2031 uh, for two different reasons. Uh, number one, they're thinking at this time, uh, the private companies will be able to take control of low Earth orbit and mm -hmm. use space station for their benefits on their dime, as opposed to NASA paying those two, three billion dollars a year for it. Mm -hmm. Which they're trying to do, uh, for example, this isn't the best example, but we use it, uh, a former company called Bigelow, uh, from Bigelow Hotels as well, they actually put a um, module up on the space station called Beam. And it went up there, it was like an accordion. So it attached the space station and then slowly unfurled to become a habitable location now. Oh, that's very cool. Um, so Beam has one up there. There's another company that currently has one up there. <laughs> and their goal is in 2031 to detach from the space station because they can't use it anymore and become their own private habitation module. And so to create okay, commercial you know, entities you know in space. I, I know we're going with that. <laughs> but NASA is giving a lower orbit up habitability-wise, because they want to continue on to create the lunar outpost, outpost around the moon called the Lunar Gateway. Uh, because okay. if you have two, three billion a year going mm -hmm. towards a space station, well, that's two, three billion a year not going towards ex um, expanding outward. Ex exploration, okay. expanding outward. So lunar outpost, Mars, that can't happen because we get more money to military. That can't happen if we have an international space station because we need those funds to go right. further. Um, just, uh, I just want to highlight, uh, Federico's comment. He said ISS uh, made space a normal parentheses possible thing once reserved for and heroes that was its only. Goal. And so then, then now I wonder, okay, so yes, expanding to have the, the, you know, like the moon base and whatever like that, it's really important and stuff, but only having these private companies then basically own low earth orbit. What does that do to the accessibility you know, of getting to space. But I mean, yeah. No, but it opens it up <laughs> to, to people. Rich have people. Money, right? That's what it is right now. We're not going to send us to so, space anytime soon. But I mean, like, no, the, but, but like uh, the people who are the, um, you know, the, the uh, astrobiologists, we, botanists, and teachers and stuff getting to go up to space to perform experiments and working on that, how is that going to... We, we are still in the horse and buggy stages of God space exploration. These are my favorite quotes. And <laughs> which, yes, right now, uh, space is widely inaccessible unless you went to kind of lottery uh, scope in the space, which is a whole other issue, uh, but that's just how it is right now. Unfortunately, it costs a significant amount of money to get into space. So until we can bring that cost way down, mm -hmm. that's just how it's going to stay. Well, will these private, but these private companies, unfortunately, I'm assuming they're not going to be putting that focus on a science. No, well, no, they're they're gonna, gonna, it, it, it depends on the company. So, for example, let's say oh. a pharmaceutical company gets into space. Of course, it's some people, but it will be highly paid. Uh, scientists to go for to create the drugs that mm -hmm. can then extort humans down here on Earth okay. for life-saving medicines. Yeah, but at the end of the day, for a company, it's all about the money. Yes. For something, for a government institution, it's either going to, going to be about the exploration or, uh, or the, the knowledge uh, or military purposes. Um, um, we, we have, but, we've had a number of space tourists to visit the space station. Oh, no, uh, we have. Uh, including coming up soon, apparently, Tom fucking Cruise, which is going to be weird. What? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Do a little movie thing. <sighs> yeah, but why are you sending those tourists up there? Money. Because it helps fund all science. Yeah, but is, is it is it NASA that's doing it? Uh, or is it mainly Russia? It's it, mainly Russia. But now <laughs> NASA is opening it up. Uh, because they're trying to expand the uses of the ISS to yeah, I I just I I don't think that we should say that 
when when ISS become a private thing, when people um uh you know companies are sending people up there, that these companies have um the best intentions for the world no. in, in mind. It's no. all about it's all about Correct. money. It's all about the shareholders. But I, I hate to say it though, you have to spend a significant amount of money to get to space. So it's not like they're going to open up to regular folks. To come well, up no, no, no. I no, I hear that. I understand that. But um, uh, I, I just don't think that we need to romanticize uh, private companies and and ISS. It, it's going to be all about rich people getting up into space, at least. I, I, I will never see it in my lifetime where people like me can go. I, 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 I see this in, in two Unless Cosm sends me up there. Then I'm all for it. No, number one, I, I, com- I completely see where you're coming from and that, of course, it will be rich people inaccessible, even more so than it is now for regular folks. Because at least if you're a student, you're thinking, well, if I study really hard and yeah, focus my career correctly, I can become an astronaut and get to the space station. Right. Um, but with the private companies, it's not so much that. It's mm-hmm. going to be more if I work really hard and create a business that can exploit yeah, lots of people, then yeah. I can get to the space exploit station. Exploit lots of people? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but at the Thank same you. at the same time, I can't believe I'm going to do this. That's kind of how exploitation has gone for hundreds of years. It's, it's government leads the way yeah. first, then the rich people come with the money to establish themselves, and then everyone else... I, yeah, be when great. we break the it, cycle. It would be great oh, to break yeah. the cycle, but unfortunately, space ain't the place for that. <laughs> yeah, I I just, I have an issue. I, I just don't, it, it, it bothers me to my core. So, so, hold on. It bothers me to my core that space becomes this basically a Ferengi hangout. Where it's just all about nice. capitalism. Yeah, I'm gonna take a shot to that. Um, and you know, and it's just um, I hate that. It it to, to me space is. Uh, I like Federico. It's just like where it's accessible to everybody. It's accessible to everybody, and not just to heroes as it was in the '60s, um, in the '70s, and and. It's accessible, ultimately, to people like me and the two of you and whoever's watching this. And it shouldn't be that I have to work hard and get $5 million just so I can go up into space. Now, let me put it this way. You're uh, not going to change my mind. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. I understand that. I am so anti-capitalist. That it's oh, I got just, you. Uh, so. uh, but... I would love for things to be different in that way. But at the moment, let's say you want to go on a vacation to New Zealand. That's going to be, what, six, $7,000 overall? Hotels? Oh, man. Airplane. It's like, well, okay, yeah. yeah. It's a thousand. Okay, when I went there, when I was there, it was not $6,000. Uh, but so, so for, I'm looking at flights, for example, to Taiwan for no particular reason. And the round trip, that's $2,500. Well, yeah, you mean you got to go to, yeah. and that doesn't include you gotta go to South Korea, yeah, I know. hotels, the things like that. Accessible to yes. the people that are on it. So it's just like that, but space is obviously a much higher mm-hmm. uh, and accessible area, which is doesn't make the way I phrase it is weird. Lots of drinks. Um, it's much more inaccessible than New Zealand. Uh, so of course the price tag is going to be much higher at the mm-hmm. same time until technologies improve uh, to to make that price point lower. Now at that point, now you both have thoughts. So I will say, by the time it does become accessible to more people, it'll be a completely different world, quote-unquote, in the world. 
I um, think my my issue is not necessarily with the accessibility of it, um, and more so of just uh, the worry that that the um, that the the science and the actual scientific oh, exploration will be eroded by the okay. private private companies coming in and, and they're not doing that and they're only catering to the you know we're you know, we're all assuming like that I, we're going I, to the lunar gateway. Well, which is where science is going to continue. Well, let me tell you about the so, exploration yeah. upper stage. Okay, but you know the thing is, is like Anyone who knows knows. Uh, it's oh my, all right, all right, whatever, whatever. I it <laughs> now I, I, the the lunar gateway will not be the same thing as the ISS. It will not be as robustly maintained. It will not be as big of a space. It will not have twenty five thousand experiments done of seven hundred journals. Be a much smaller, um, less science. Less science, yes, but it will be around the moon. But I want both of them. Yes, I agree. So That's you know what? Both. We can have both people. We, we need always. better political leaders. Yeah, but the, at the end of the day, <laughs> That's yeah. what we're always going to come down to in this podcast, is we need better political leaders. Yeah. All right, so let's do this. Let's continue this discussion. In the hangover. In the hangover. All right. Um, uh, let's, let's, uh, okay. Um, but, but there was an important question on the outline okay, yes, that we needed it. to answer is what comes after the yeah, ISS? What comes next? after yes. the ISS? Okay. Is there a plan? There is a plan. NASA has a plan. NASA, does NASA always have a plan? Uh, NASA's like the Elizabeth Warren, the space and the okay. agencies. So always plans. have a plan with There's binders. Like a through Z of plans. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was well fun. Uh, so they have, I forget, again, it's in my notes. There, it's like the commercial laboratories, something or another. Anyway, it, it's the plan for low Earth orbit after the space station. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have Beam up there. We have, I think it was Nanoracks. But they, they put out contracts with companies to create space stations. I know we just talked about this, mm -hmm. but this is their plan. Mm -hmm. uh, they've already put contracts out there to companies to begin initial demonstrations um, of uh, modules. So right now, it has three companies involved, Nanoracks, Blue Origin, and Northrop Grumman. Grumman. Uh, to create these modules to go up in space to connect with certain modules of the space station mm -hmm. after things, you know, disconnect mm -hmm. in the orbit, mm -hmm. and so to create uh, still permanent habitants in space. Okay. And right now, I think it's budgeted at 150 million, but it's not fully budgeted uh, for different continuing resolution issues. Uh, but NASA is still pushing hard for that. Yeah. Well, I think that's. I mean, I think it's important to have some sort of presence. And, I agree. And and people so there. And something else I like to talk about in the Hangover, if you like to stick around or watch on YouTube, hey, hey. Um, is um, ideas of space stations that happened in the past. Things that'd be great, rotating space stations. We can talk about Gemini Thirteen when they actually attach each other to rope and try to get artificial gravity. Ooh, that's fun. That's science fun. fiction space stations, yeah. and then of course the political ramifications of space stations. Space stations. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that's a great segue. Mm -hmm. uh, join us for the hangover coming up shortly. And um, if you can't do that, then join us in a couple of weeks where we are going to talk about uh, the multiverse. And in the different universe, that episode already happened. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So the new, uh, the new Marvel movie, Doctor Strange, has got us uh, thinking about this. And so... Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about the multiverse. And um, so join us then on July 17th at the same time we oh, always do this. Three days before the Apollo anniversaries. Yes, indeed. And one day before someone's birthday. <laughs> Hashtag Brazilian Steakhouse. <laughs> My, uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs>
All right, anyway, um, thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Everybody um, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and join us for The Hangover, where we're going to talk about the demise of America. And if you protest now and then, that's okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. Cheers, everybody.